since our last episode, the Nemo community suffered a huge loss with the passing of Jim Kremen. When we first discussed the idea of the podcast, the first person we wanted to get on as a guest was Jim. We wanted someone to tell the story of and the ethos of what it means to be a Nemo member, and nobody could do that like Jim. Unfortunately, we never got the opportunity to get Jim on. There are no words to describe the huge void that would be left in the club with Jim's passing. And ironically, Jim is the only man who could possibly conjure up the words to describe such a loss. We will hopefully have a special episode about Jim in the near future where we can give him a, a more fitting tribute. But for now, we offer our condolences and we'll share some of Jim's own words with you. Now, this is a few words I put together for all our family and friends. Hope we see you all together again sooner rather than later. It's called, We Will Get Back to Town Again. We will get back to town again, cross bridges, stage and buskers, as guitar notes dance down the streets to where teenagers cluster. We will get back to town again, as artists paint to power. There's Banksy's child with a red balloon and a rifle blocked with a flower. We will shop till we drop in town again. Pennies next, monsoon we'll try. And it's definitely you in those red shoes. And we'll never regret what we didn't buy. For coffee, we meet up again. In alleyway cafes with patio heat. And chocolate cupcakes with cappuccinos. And while our day to a leisurely beat. The Welsh will come to town again. Clouds slowly forming pints, and the pub goes silent as sexton settles, and our prayers on that ball take flight. And Saturday is no longer silent, buses trottle, taxis blare, toddlers tantrum for happy meals, theatre goers fill up our square. We will get back to town again, children, women, men, we people of this fighting race. A nation once again. Stay safe, everyone. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Nobody's Podcast. This evening, we'll be joined in the studio with Paul Kerrigan talking about his recent retirement and also Cork Ladies Football Manager E.C. Fitzgerald on the preparations for the All-Ireland Final. So, Karen, there's just a few things we must run through before we bring Paul into the studio. First things first is the AGM will take place virtually on the 7th of January. Paddy Tracy has sent out emails to all club members with a link to uh, Microsoft Teams. There's a couple of trial runs, I think, between now and then. For people to make themselves familiar with it so um i hope people avail of that also the club bar will open this weekend over the weekend friday saturday and sunday again tables to be booked in advance under the covid 19 social distancing guidelines food will have to be purchased all patrons must sign in on arrival bar or bar service only um again we stress that uh children are welcome up to eight o'clock anything else yeah so just a couple of things for me uh first off the lotto the jackpot is now up at eleven thousand and fifty euros so don't forget to get your tickets in ahead of the draw this weekend. Um, next up is 
best of luck to Efi Fitzgerald and Saoirse Noonan and all the Cork ladies footballers ahead of the All-Ireland final this weekend. Uh, and finally, just congratulations to Saoirse Noonan, who was called up to the Irish uh, senior lady squad um, a couple of weeks back. It's a massive honour for her and her family. So congratulations from, from everyone in Nemo. Paul Kerrigan. Might have thought about a point. He's still thinking about it. He's hoping that the wind will do him a favour and curl it in. It comes off the post. That's an absolute beauty. Right, so Paul, thanks for uh, taking the time to have a chat with us today. Um, Nick, do you want to say anything? Welcome to the show, Paul. Thanks, lads. I'm delighted to be here. I've listened to the previous episodes and you're doing a great job. There you go, no? All right, so thanks, Paul. <laughs> we're going to get into it there and just start off, Paul. So if you want to just start off and tell us your Nemo story, like where it all began for you. Yeah, I suppose obvious enough one is uh, my dad would be playing for Nemo. Um, I suppose he played up to, quite he played junior C, I'd say up to he's nearly 40, like so... He was always in the club training Tuesday, Thursdays and weekends, so I was definitely tagged along every night. And I'm old enough on the senior panel to remember the old club, probably most of us don't, you know, the big telephone pole goals and the orange nets. Yeah. Uh, so you'd meet every young fella out there uh, on Tuesday, Thursday nights, and then we used to go to the club on Sunday nights as well. Um, so that's how it started off going there. And then I, the last lad you had on the podcast, Dick Sisk, I suppose he's everyone's memory from the old club of the street leagues with his yeah, black definitely. bag full of trophies. And uh, going up there to Park Cullum and the old Nemo field and just running around mad every Friday night. That would how it started in it. You heard Dick call Nick a saucy so-and-so the last time. Would you agree with that? Or? It's, it was probably the most accurate thing Dick said on this, <laughs> on, on this pod anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, I suppose the big news in the last couple of weeks for you anyway has been your time from the county. Um, was it a hard decision for you to come to? Uh, yeah, it's never um, never an easy time like because I've put so much into it. Like, I've been playing senior 21 and minor since 2003, like, so I've been playing with Cork for, for that many years, you know. Um, like, and I kind of put everything into it, so like, it was a tough decision. Uh, I had it in my head, though, it was my last year this year. Um, we had a long year with Nemo. We finished against Curfin in January, and then myself and Luke were in the league panel about three weeks later away to Leitrim, so it kind of rolled in. And then I think the COVID came and we had a big break and, you know, I was kind of saying at the start of the COVID saying, geez, will this ever end? And then uh, obviously went back training after COVID and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the last two months. I thought I was playing well in training. I think it's probably because I did it in my head that I was going to finish up. So, um, yeah, I, I was uh, talking to some of the lads who were still there. Geez, you'd say, Christ, I'd love to go back, go and have another lash off it. But I've had my time there 13 years and I, I look forward to being a fan and hopefully again might get a trip to Dublin like the old days again <laughs> Sunny Banks Sunny Banks is closed down but I'm sure we can find somewhere else, somewhere else. and like um, you mentioned there about the kind of the break in between Covid was there ever the temptation to just not go back after kind of yeah it, there was like um, I suppose uh, we were training on our own like and it's really it's grand everyone trains on their own for Nemo and for football but like if you're training on your own for a team sport for so long and then having to log the sessions, do running, log the sessions, you know, and stuff like that, uh, do weights in your backyard and, you know, like half the enjoyment of doing the weights is going to meet the lads on a Monday night doing the weights and stuff like that. So, as I said, you're, as you're training as very much an individual for a team sport, I kind of, at some, I was kind of humming and hawing, all right, and you know what, we did a good club championship in Nemo, so I said, look, I kind of got the first week off, so I was watching the first two sessions, I said, geez, it's looking good so I actually once I started with Cork I really enjoyed it and uh, my form picked up really well down there like you know I was happy enough I was playing and I thought I was contributing like I, if I, I wouldn't stay there if I didn't think I was contributing so I think I was Alright and I suppose 
it ended on a sour note with, with the last Tipperary and maybe personally as well you not getting a run that day were you, were you disappointed yeah more so obviously that we lost like I was 100 times convinced we were going to win and 100 percent we were going to rattle Mayo this weekend like so when something happens like that you don't expect um be obviously good it was a desperate way to end especially after beating Kerry like it took us took me about seven or eight years to beat Kerry again since 2012 so like um yeah and disappointed I didn't get a run out like ideally I'd in my head that if I finish up in Crow Park here now like with Cork um possibly in an all Ireland final or semi-final so yeah disappointed like but um like I just think like I think that group is good they're in a good place to be going forward for an older fella to be throwing the ties out of pram, it's not good for anyone. And I haven't done it the last couple of years when I haven't been playing. So why do it now? Do you know what I mean? Like I just have to take it on the chin. Um, and at the end of the day, look, the team lost the championship. Like Paul Kerrigan didn't lose yeah. the championship at all. Like, do you know what I mean? So that's what you have to think about. And so as it's been a kind of terrible few years for Cork football, and do you think that the group does a good group there now? Do you think the future could be right? Yeah, I think I think after like so when Connor Coonan left there was about, oh geez, could easily easily a dozen older lads left. Like and when I came into that team it was a really mature squad. Yeah. Like they're they were mid to late twenties, they they were all settled very much in their personal life and their sole focus was to win the All Ireland. And if like that suited me down to the ground because I was football mad. If if you weren't on in, in uh, for that, you know, you would have probably got the door fairly quick. So that suited me very good. And then I suppose twenty thirteen and off, a lot of them left and we came, it was almost like an under twenty three team, like under twenty two team. We were very young. Probably a bit immature. We've done well in a couple of leagues now, in fairness, like in Division 1 and stuff at the start, but then come Championship time, it's a different animal, like, and teams were, were far more savvy than us. So we went out with a bit of a whimper a couple of times. So that was disappointing. And I suppose that was the reason why I kind of stayed on as well this year. I thought we'd, we got to the Super 8s last year and there was a good crop there. And then that was further boosted by the 20s won the All Ireland. So oh, yeah. I was fairly excited to see how that would pan out. And I'm glad I went back for the last year, yeah. And I think I do think there's a good group in place. Um, I suppose. It mightn't have been easy. The last uh, last few years being a Cork player, a lot of criticism have been levelled at you. Would you have been aware of that? <clears throat> yeah, I actually I was speaking to Conor Coon during the week and he, he, he laid out the rule, let's say, like when we were there, like no one reading newspapers, like, you know, it's no good for you. And uh, I suppose I, I stopped. Once he said it, I stopped, took it as gospel. He was the manager, like, and then I suppose once we moved into the house, the lads, there was no one buying any newspapers, so <laughs> to his grand, like, um, with, with, um so I, I wouldn't be big I'd be my own biggest critic anyway like I you know as I said like if a manager doesn't pick me let's say I'm going to look at myself first like and uh, it's the same after losing the last day ah she's like there's always criticism with Cork like even when we were winning there was all, we were always being criticised like do you know what I mean mm. we were, yeah. you know if we're not playing too nice of football or we were running the ball but if you look at no everyone plays the same way we kind of did back then so um, I just wouldn't take too much notice of it to be honest with you mm. We might take you back a bit, I suppose, to the bit of your early days with Cork. I suppose you were a Cork minor in 2005-2006, progressed then to the under-21s, whatever, you won in All-Ireland in 2007, and then obviously the next progression yeah. was the senior level in 2008, I think it was yeah. your debut, wasn't it? Yeah. So I suppose it takes a bit through the start of the early careers, I suppose, from that minor, 21, and into senior then. Yeah, so I would have played minor, back when you played minor as well, it would have been around Robin, if you can remember. Yeah, back then, yeah. In Munster, and I... I didn't play the round robin, um, and then I came in after that myself. Garrod O'Shea actually for Nemo as well, and a couple more came in when we were that we were under seventeen at the time. Played championship, um, didn't go well. We had a str- very strong team. Our second year minor, uh, if you can remember, we played Leash, in, and it was a it was kind of big fight. It was a big national lose. Limerick, yeah. 
and again they beat us in a replay so for we had a very good team but we were very unsuccessful and then um, it would have been your first year 21 my, or your last year 21 yes. my first year 21 um, if you can remember there was an awful lot of fellas my age came in there yeah, yeah. and we would have stuck together for that three years and I would say those three years were up there definitely with some of the most enjoyable like we had great crack um, the likes of Colm O'Neill Colm O'Neill have been two years old but like my age now we're Fintan Gould Shieldsy oh, yeah. Daniel Goulding Ray Carey Ken O'Halloran uh, David Limerick at that time, um, Ray Carey, Andrew Sullivan, Carl Keane would have all that age, Garrod, O'Shaughnessy from Nemo here. Um, and we would have great times then. We never lost a game in Munster over the three years, 21. Lost an All-Ireland final and then won an All-Ireland final our last year in 2007, which was a nice way to finish it off. And I think Cork Seniors were beaten in the All-Ireland final in 2007 by Kerry, wasn't yeah. it, that year? And then obviously then you made yeah. your debut in 2008. Like, we need one to Munster 21 that that decade, I think the Cork went something like eight out of nine monster twenty ones, like, yeah. and traditionally, like even through the eighties, good twenty one teams have backboned, let's say the the senior success that followed. So, um, yeah, like I, geez, I would have been like my the likes of Daniel Lowe and Finton and Shields, he would have got into the seniors ahead of me, and I would have been burst into to get in there, like, um, and then I got got in in two thousand and eight, uh, got called up for the last league game myself and Brian O'Regan for Nemo. Up in Crossway Glen, we didn't play. We kind of came in training, and then and I came on in the Munster final. Thousand eight, so got a point as well, correct? Yeah, just got one touch and a point, last point of the game. So, yeah, so uh, I kicked off from there. Then and obviously then we went down. Then obviously Cork won the All Ireland in twenty ten. Yeah, which was obviously the highlight of anybody's career, really. Yeah, like yeah, two thousand and eight. I was kind of half thinking to go to America with the lads there from Nemo, but uh, it's kind of like uh, playing with Cork, like and going to Nemo. It was only kind of one for one thing pulling me, and then. The way the Munster final went, like that's the sign sealed. Then, like you know, it is all I ever wanted to do. Then after that, um, again a lot of like our twenty one crew came through, and a lot of us would have started in two thousand and nine. Then we played some great football two thousand and nine. Um, probably the best, n- nearly the best we ever did. Lost the final to Kerry, and then obviously we came back and won it the following year, and went pretty well in the next couple of years too. So, uh, they were great times. Like, geez, we were like so like you're really relevant team. You know, playing all big games, um. Just like you knew coming back training every year, like that you know what you were training for. Like you'd be playing big game against Kerry. Generally we draw against them, so you'd have another big game against Kerry. Good few games in Crow Park, you know. We won a couple of leagues as well. Um so they were great times, yeah. And I suppose the the All Ireland, winning All Ireland was would have been the highlight of it. Uh what would you say would be the lowest point in the Cork career? Um I would say probably like Jeez, we were beaten by Kerry. We, we got a few hammerings, like um. I'm just trying to think. Uh, I suppose like we 2014, we were very poor. Like so we were really hammered at home. We were actually favourites going into the game, and we were just so poor. Um, and we we were just well beaten. Then, I suppose I, I would have been captain. Let's say when we went down to Division Two, I think we were the first team to go down to Division Two with six points. Like you know, it never happened before. I was just so unlucky. Like you know and. No, it wasn't the end of the world, but just like when when you feel that extra responsibility to go down a division, um, I suppose like, I just didn't think we were close to Kerry like over those those years and that and, previous the first five years, we just felt you could beat them every time you played them like we'd beat them in the league, we beat them in Park Creek, we couldn't we drew them a few times in Clarny, kind of rattled them in Crow Park whereas you just in those years you never felt you were really that close to Kerry which was, uh, galling like from where we came from really like. I suppose around that time you lost the likes of Derek Avon and Nicholas Murphy, Canty, all these fellas yeah. kind of retired r- around the yeah. same kind of time. Like, was it just too hard for you to re- uh, replace those kind of players? Yeah, like, um, 
like geez, I didn't get to know Derek really until I got it, got in with Cork like and I just thought I was kind of he was a real leader like you know I wouldn't say much but when he when he talked everyone listened yeah. um yeah they were as I said they were a mature panel like you know they were like there was going to be no messing with them really like good crack but like just there was nothing going to be getting in the way of the football and then like I think this year with Cork let's say no it didn't work out the last day, but when we beat Kerry we had a lot of mature fellas coming on mm. uh, towards the end of the game and I, th- I think that like that helped and like Ian O, Ian McGuire the captain he'd be eager like to have some older lads in the panel which you need as well like yeah. just to just to just kind of kind of that bit of experience on the bench you know what I mean and because in the last 10 minutes of a game whether you're winning or losing if you can keep a cool head and try organise and communicate it's just as important as, yeah. as running as hard as you can and like you would have been involved with Cork for 13 years or whatever it was and how did the commitment needed kind of advance over all the years like yeah the commitment is always there from people it just seems things everything seemed to go up a level like you know like I just think the, the running now is unbelievable like you know there's, I didn't start the gym programme till I was about 21 mm. whereas now there's fellas coming up through the Rebel Logs and they're they're well equipped with weights and they're, they're foam rolling themselves before training all the time and they're just um, video analysis then has kicked off like um, before we would have all sat down and watched the, the DVD together now you can get the clips into your phone and it's instant feedback constantly you know you're so you can be communicated like instantly um, and you know, there's meetings every night like like before there wouldn't be too much analysis on kickouts or kickout defence mm. now it's the main part of everything like you know so I suppose as you get older maybe you're you just want to go out and play a bit more rather than sit yeah. in front of a, a video or you know, be replying to emails or, and stuff like that so um it's just, it's just the commitment is always whenever it's just so time consuming as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, no. Do you and think? Do you think that? Obviously, Dublin are going for six in a row. Do you think that since Dublin have raised the bar, do you think that every other county out there is trying to get up to Dublin, or yeah, or if Dublin some, just kicking on again? Yeah, if someone does something well, everyone will will go and try to go further. So like, even when we were in two thousand and nine, we were considered very big, very powerful. Do you know the way it's strength and conditioning kicked in then. Next thing, Donegal were really fit, really defensive. Everyone copied that for about three or four years, like, and it's it's still in the game now, like, uh, and now the dubs like their, their ball retention, their movement, you know, all that stuff is just, um, it's just you hear oh Dublin are doing this, so everyone has to do it then, like, yeah. you know, it's just it's just the way it is, like you, the money and all that is going up and up into preparing teams yeah. and stuff, you know, like. But you look at Dublin players now, like they're all comfortable on the ball, you know, mm. like a corner back is nearly as comfortable as a corner forward. Yeah. Um. Obviously, they have to bring in the game on more, which is a bit, which is yeah. a hit for every other county team out there. Yeah, I think they play it the right way. To be fair to you, like they're, they're, they're very economical. Like they just they never panic. No, they've the experience of a lot of big games, but they just don't seem to panic. Whatever happens, like they could be, and they have been two points down in all our semi finals, finals in the last minute or two, and brought it back. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, they're 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 unbelievable, really. And like the the level of commitment that you kind of alluded to, like going up and up, is it sustainable? I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go. Like, um, they obviously, like, is it a young man's game? No, oh, it's hundred percent a young man's yeah. game. Like, like, when I came into the panel, I came in after twenty one, so I would have been twenty two. Pat Kelly came in the same time; he was twenty three. Um, so like, there's fellas now on the panel coming in, eighteen, nineteen, just to get in and do a bit of training and a bit of weights. They might not even have played for the Cork twenties or twenty ones. Like, yeah. whereas back then I felt we earned our spot. Yeah. You know, played three years, twenty one, had good county championships with the clubs. And then maybe served our time for a year, and then two thousand nine we were both playing wing forward. Do you know what I mean? Like at twenty twenty three, twenty four. Do you know? Yeah. Whereas now there's fellas playing at the weekend there for Cork, who were twenty. Like do you know what I mean? Like um, 
it is a young man's game as, as well, but uh, as I said, they're coming through maybe a little bit more physically ready. Oh, yeah. Fair Paul, so I suppose, look, with over 55 championship appearances for Cork and 70-odd National League appearances, uh, what are your inter-county highlights? Uh, definitely, obviously, the All-Ireland, which we've spoken about. That was obviously, like, it was, I thought I was going to win three, to be honest with you. I don't know then, like, say, we were because we, were, we were going so well, but... um. No, it was, that was kind of a like a real highlight for that group. I'd say that. I just like, uh, and we won a lot in that group. So I suppose intercounty would have been just was playing in that team. It was a really good team. It's a really close team. Talking about meeting up over Christmas again. So like, um, to be a part of a, a really successful team was that was just a highlight really. And just kind of I suppose the current team then as well sticking in there with them and, and hopefully helping them maybe turn a corner would if that works out. I think that would be a, a, a good personal achievement as well. Represented Ireland as well at one point, didn't you? Yeah, um, I suppose twenty fifteen and twenty seven. 2017 I made the squad and then we, we beat the Bears in the final so, uh, of the county so I remember on, on the Monday we were inside the wash and Joe Kearney rang me to tell him then that I couldn't go so uh, yeah so that was obviously a massive honour played in 2015 to Kieran here now and Peter Morgan went up on the gravy train in Dublin uh, for the series Wouldn't so you like Peter? <laughs> no <laughs> yeah he really enjoyed the free drink that that, uh, that night um <laughs> Yeah, so 2015, uh, that would have been a huge honour with my dad playing it. I, I suppose I wouldn't watch too many of my dad's car games uh, when he was playing, but I definitely would have always watched the, the Ireland as Euros games. They were uh, fairly competitive, let's say, back then. But um, it, like, it was a massive honour. I think we were the only second ever father and son to do it. So that, like, that, was, a, that, that was a huge honour. I know it was a goal of mine like, to make that team and uh, to do it was, was really satisfying. Um, now that you're gone as well, like, how are you going to feel all the time you have? Um, I would have always said no. It's I know it's easy to say, but lucky to come back to a good club like, like we'd have lots of fellas like play through the years with Cork, and once we're finished with Cork, that's it. They've nothing. They'd already been knocked out, or they might have won game. So um, we've a really good kind of culture or whatever inside the squad at the moment. Um, and we're ultra competitive every year. Um, so plenty of time to fill fill that with Nemo. I suppose I I'm going to enjoy going to games as well. Like um, going to Cork games. Hopefully, go around the country see other games. And obviously just spend a bit more time with my family and, and down here. W- w- my friends maybe socialise a bit more, you know. Like, um, you, you miss out on a lot of things. Well, it's a choice as well, but maybe just that, to be able to relax a little bit more, you know, say no or say, yeah, I can go here or yeah, right. we'll do this. Like, um, go on holidays maybe a little bit more, stuff like that. And I guess back to your maybe Nemo upbringing, like growing up, how aware would you, would you have been of your dad's status in the game? Yeah, um, well, I, 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 yeah, I suppose in Nemo we're lucky that there's, there's fellas who've done everything around the place all the time. Like, you know, I, I suppose if Joe Soap and Shree came up and met Billy Morgan, he'd be in awe of him, whereas we just know him as Billy. To tell away, it's just we're lucky that they're around the club. Um, I would have obviously known that uh, he would have big status in the game, and if I didn't, he would have told me, I'm sure. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> And like, did you feel pressure kind of following his footsteps then? Probably at the start, yeah. But that was um maybe self induced or, you know, it's easy to throw at someone when you're young. I was saying you're like I probably did get a couple more opportunities because he was my dad. No doubt, maybe getting mm. a trial here or a trial there. But, uh, I suppose once I established myself on the the car team, I wanted to drive on for myself. To be honest with you. Yeah, and was it like as much a motivator as it was a pressure? Like yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe slightly would annoy me at the start, but like after that, you grow with it. And but uh, Jimmy was involved with your team always up, wasn't he? From um, underage, remember then he fell in with yeah. the 21s for a while, and then. Yeah, myself and Karen are the same age, obviously, and I would have been Paddy Sull, would have been the man first, yeah. Paddy O'Sullivan, who does the grounds here. And then my dad would have fell in with him, and they would have took us nearly the whole way to 21, then I'd say after with it. Yeah. Um, so 
I would have been used to him then, yeah, and my first year senior, he would have been a selector. Uh, I, I don't, haven't played with him since, um, barring my very successful junior hurling career. But, <laughs> <laughs> you back this year, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, like, what would be your, your, your best memories from with playing with Nemo? Um, like, I always, I love, like, let's say, I love after a good big win coming back to the club. I just, mm. like, when there's people back there... I know there's the dressing room and all that is, is class, but I, I love coming back to the club on the bus, um, going in to the, the lounge or the bar, having a couple of points. That's that's the obvious thing I look forward to the most, let's say, after a, a big game. Oh, yeah. Maybe on the play, on the field kind of what? On the field. Um, memorable wins, like? Um, there is, I, I, I go right back, let's say, to our first county would have been the intermediate, the old intermediate oh, 2004 yeah. when it was one grade. We would have been underdogs against them. Um, Carby Rangers, Nick. Remember, yeah. you were under twenty one. We'd yeah. we'd about seven or eight twenty ones in the on the team. Myself and Gerald O'Shea, two minors, and we beat Carby Rangers in a in a great game. And um, that would have been a, my first county, and I'd have fierce memories from that. Like you know, there would have been like guys kind of battle hard, and a lot of fellas actually that year. Yeah, um, but like there's a picture in I think it's in your house, Karen, um, of that panel. Jesus, was some like you, John Coogan, Connor Buckley, Tom yeah, Morgan, yeah. Eddie Leary. Colin actually Colin up, to the, up, up to the senior. semi yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Geary was centre back yeah. John Paul O'Neill like we did and a lot of really good intermediate fellas like Lenny Mack and, uh, and, and Ronnie of, Murph and Owen Weldon that kind of kick started maybe the next couple of years um, the four in a row senior I'd say to be honest with you because it was a lot of underage so that one would have stood out and then maybe your year 21 Nick remember there was only a couple of lads, let's say, on the age. Only five on the age. Again, there was about eight minors. Yeah. We beat Douglas by eight points, who were the team won everything, um, which was, that was memorable. And then senior, um, I suppose, kind of the Bears final 2017, after the replay, I kind of took a good bit of satisfaction from that. And then that whole year, really, like, we beat Crokes. We were really good. We beat them well. Beat Shalak Neal, that was re- we beat them really well in extra time as well. They took great satisfaction from those three wins that year. Mm-hmm. And you kind of you mentioned both that intermediate team kind of bringing on a good yeah. bit that year. Like who who would you say would have been the players when you were first coming into senior panel that would kind of really kind of helped you along? Or? Um, I would have looked up to Colin and Joe obviously from their Cork days and playing with them. I was very young. They were really good top men. Like and they coached us uh, subsequently and they were they were, geez, they were fantastic lads. Like um, geez, I would have looked up to obviously James would have been flying in the mid two thousand James Masters the two Cronins Martin Allen. But I'd say Sean O'Brien probably helped me the most. Like. Um, I kind of I remember before I got into the car panel I was with the 21 stuff I was always be asking him what should I do or for advice and he I was here what's the difference between senior 21 and like mm-hmm. he always gave me advice and when I came into the panel I would have been pushing for the same position that he would have been wing forward but he was still always very helpful and even when I got into the team and he and he wasn't he was still helpful and he would have been a fellow who, who would have helped an awful lot and then obviously they're all like Geary, Gary Murphy they were all um, really good fellas like you know, to mm-hmm. help you out like and you're finished up with Cork now, but are you planning to continue with Nemo for, for a few years? Yeah, we'll try to get the most we can out of the senior, like, um, like Nick came on there in the last month of the club, like, so anything can happen. <laughs> um, hopefully try to get another couple of counties, definitely try to get the All-Ireland, which would be the, the ultimate, uh, and just see how long I can play senior, and after that, maybe, if I have to go down the grades, I will, like, if, if the body is able, you know, depending on age, but, and help out that way, but we have a very good squad here, like, mm. Um, a really good kind of age group all in their mid mid twenties a lot of them so um, I'm looking forward to seeing what I can bring to those lads for being here let's say for the full calendar as opposed to let's say the, the couple of months after Intercounty obviously you were, obviously 
the county final was supposed to be put in before the before the lockdown or recently. Yeah. Was it disappointing not to finish out and get it out of the way, or obviously you were going to McCork? So yeah, um, at the time it was disappointing. Um, but saying that we were compared to last year when we won the county, we were really settled. Like you know. Whereas this year we were all over shop with a lot of injuries. You know, so the team was kind of changing all the time and we probably weren't as playing as well, even though we got to the final as previous year. So, look, maybe it gives us a chance to refocus, have a bit of a pre-season out, you know, again, and then go hard at it again for another year. I suppose we have the experience of maybe training December, January, February for an All-Ireland semi, you know, which is a one-off game, which we will have over Castlehaven. Do you know what I mean? A lot of lads would have done that. So I think we can focus, drive that into maybe focusing as a positive, really. Would you say COVID, so would you say COVID actually didn't benefit Nemo or it made things harder? We'll find out, see how we get on the final, I suppose. But uh, I don't know, I, it's just hard to, we would have been playing a week later, do you know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. it would have suited us, maybe Castlehaven had the bars after extra time in Penos and I know going in with Cork, let's say, they they, they would have took a week or two off those Castlehaven fellas, but... Maybe we had a couple of lads who, who were injured as well, like, and needed a break. So, look, um, geez, at the end of the day, we still won five championship games, you know. Um, and, like, the, the good thing about next year is, even if, like, it's we don't win the county, you have a, you're have straight at it again to try win another one and get it back, like. So. Um, I suppose, on a, on a fairly sad note, recently uh, we lost um, a, a massive new man, Jim Kremen. Um, like personify really what what Nemo was all about. Um, what would your kind of memories be of Jim? Uh, like a lot of us would be known from Cree Three. Like let's say as as big Jim, like he would have helped out Jesus thousands of young fellas. Um, he would have bought me my first pair of boots. Let's say that are still up in my attic at home. He kind of had a thing back then. I think of buying lads boots. Yeah. So he'd obviously been very friendly with my dad. So he would have bought that. Um, she's my first like there would have been my first memory seeing him here playing junior B hurling. Like I was saying, who's that old small fella? <laughs> Uh, like he was just very helpful like I remember before even things like my entrance exam for school he called over to the house and would help you out and um, like he would have been very very gracious like that I, I suppose the way to put it is like like only at for his funeral like you just saying geez oh that's Jim's family you wouldn't have known his family at all he's just so interested in you and what you were to say and how your life was going uh, he's just a good fellow very deep man I think there's very yeah. few fellas you, you kind of meet like that in your life who are who think really deeply about things, you know, um, and I'm sure, look, it's just unfortunate, like, that he, we all didn't get him a good send-off, but I'm sure eventually the club will will do will do something major and, you know, in his honour and continue in his honour, but um, it's the biggest honour we'd have from a senior, like, is we kind of, he he always on us about being working class, working hard and outworking every team, so um, he, I think he brought that especially from the old club and the history and even though we're in good surroundings now lovely surroundings people might know the old club but it's important to keep those values going forward I think more than anything definitely yeah I suppose the, the one thing you, you when you meet Jim and talk to him like you, is his passion for Nemo and I suppose his passion for life in general like but in terms of Nemo then like what would Nemo mean to you personally like oh geez, like it's hard to put, to put a word in it like because it's just like you do say like might be a bit insular, but you think it is everything. Like you know, if I want to go for a walk I, or a kick, I might come down here. Or if you want to go for a pint, you want to come down here. Like I think I know it's probably a bit sad that we all don't have too many friends outside an email. Like <laughs> so, um, but uh, what can you do? Like you play golf with fellas or Nemo, Like you whatever you go on holidays with fellas or Nemo. Um, like and I know you have Frank Hogan saying of you've never seen an Nemo man alone, but. 
there's no harm to taking a bit of a pride in that either. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, so, um, and fellas would always say that to me, like, throughout with Cork and stuff like that. So, um, actually, it means everything. Like, um, and like, I think you try to represent them well on the pitch as well. Like, you know, even if we go up the country playing a challenge game, you always want to represent the club and, you know, do well and say, geez, they were a good team when they played against us and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, she's means everything really. Like, yeah, perfect. So, you're finished up playing with Cork now. So, like, what the the general thing is, what people do when they finish up in the county is release a book. Will we seen a book? I don't soon? think there'll be too much demand for that. As an economics <laughs> teacher, I'd say the, the supply would outweigh the demand. There, I'd say big time. Strictly come dancing. You see, you were at my wedding and I barely danced there, so I'd hardly do it. At, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> bit of fundraising for the club might be. Uh, do you know, get that going, maybe stuff like that would be would be pretty good. We hold it that now, yeah. yeah. Have you um any interest I know you were involved in the school as managerial and all, but have you any interest in managerial at the moment or management in some sort of uh eventually, yeah. Um like I suppose I like with Nemo, like we're really we've put a lot of effort into let's say the the seniors, so that takes up an awful lot of time. Like, do you know, if you want to be playing senior you have to be still on top of your game here. So I still focus on training, but I definitely help out people like um yeah, I, I done it with the school now the last seven and seven or so years, but like if you want to do what you want to do it right, um geez I'd help out fellas if they wanted like as best I could, but you know, I obviously commitments now at home and stuff, so I think down the line definitely like um it's almost like you have to do it really, like isn't it? You know, so uh, and and you should want to do it. So um yeah, I suppose eventually, yeah, yeah. Right, so Paul, we usually quiz neck every episode on some Nemo trivia, but uh, we'll give him the week off. Thanks. So I have your stats and I have Jimmy's stats for Nemo, appearances and scores and that kind of thing. So I'm going to ask you, who do you think has more? So I'll start off with, your on your debuts, who scored more, you or Jimmy? I'd say me. I got a point, I think. Draw. Jimmy also got a point. Yeah. So Jimmy made his debut... In 1977 against Bishopstown, and got a point. Do you remember who you made your debut against? Uh, Michaels. I remember the bro flattened some poor young flat. <laughs> Wouldn't be like the bro. <laughs> Do you remember the team? What the team would have been? Don. Yeah. Yeah. Geary. Geary fullback. Uh, Brophy oh. would have been there. In the bro, backs. No, bro, no. there. No. Did he come on? Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. did he come on for? Who did he come on for? You probably look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Rashers, <laughs> maybe. Uh, Rashers was wing back. Uh, Gary Murphy and Martin probably. Gary Murph corner, Martin midfield. Um, Regan. Regan. Regan, yeah. Uh, I'm looking at short of cornerback, we. Yeah. Gary was cornerback. Gary, Gary and. Carl O'Shea, Starmer, yeah. Mossy midfield of Martin, no? Mossy Martin midfield, yeah. Brother Nibs. Nib Lock the wing. Nibs on the wing. Alan Cronin. Alan Cronin, yeah. Shano. Shano, yeah. Inside James. James Full. Uh, Alan Morgan, start. Alan Morgan yeah. came out for him. And um, James was full. Willie. Yeah, Willie Morgan. <laughs> All right. So you got the same on your debuts. Um, you've played 106 championship games. Jimmy's played 101. Who has the higher win percentage? Um, he does, I think. Yeah, Jimmy, 79%. Yeah. You're 75. Yeah. All right. Who's played in more championship finals for Nemo? He has. No. Same. 19. 4-19. Who started more? Oh, he started, I'd say, right up to 94, maybe. Yeah, he started, yeah. he started 19 or yeah. 19. You've 17 or 19. Yeah. 
who's got the higher win percentage in their finals? I do, I'd say. I think we've lost one, no? Or, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, you've 68.4. He's 89.5. So Mick we keep head. going, will you? Mick the head loves more, yeah. who's, got, yeah. who's got more counties? Uh, I do, yeah. Who's got more monsters? I do. No. No? So are you, you've eight counties, Jimmy's seven. Jimmy has six monsters. Oh, and you've five. five. Jesus. Will I ask you how many All-Irelands? <laughs> Again, he'll tell us. <laughs> yeah, sure yeah. I'm sure he will. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy has five anyway. Yeah. And you're, you're Zero. Yeah. Uh, so thanks again to Mick Morgan. Mick the head. Mick the head. For the stats again. Much appreciated. Yeah. We'll be on to him again for more next time. Yeah. So Paul, I suppose, look, thanks very much for coming in. Cheers, Paul. Um, no bother, lads. My pleasure. Uh, Much appreciated. Enjoy the retirement from Intercounty and uh, enjoy Christmas season training. Yeah, we're training now. Back, back now soon. But uh, yeah, a bit of luck. Thanks very much. Cheers. Welcome. A big thank you to Paul for coming in to chat with us this evening. And next up, Cork Ladies Manager Efi Fitzgerald talking all things Nemo and the preview to the All Ireland final at the weekend. We'd like to welcome the Cork Ladies Manager, Ify Fitzgerald, to the show. Um, Ify's here to talk about his own career, uh, playing and management, and uh, the build-up to the ladies' final um, on Sunday week. So, uh, we'll kick it off, Karen. Yeah, so I suppose just starting with your own career with Nemo, Ify, um, where did it all begin for you? What are your early kind of Nemo memories? Uh, it began, I'd say, with Richie Barrett for street leagues. I think Colin Murphy was pos- possibly in charge of our team as well. Um, so I was from Derry and Road, so I can't remember the names of the teams. I was playing with a crowd from St. Dan's Park, anyway, roughly. Uh, so that was out in the three fields in Toker, where Skull Stefan F is now. Mm. Um, so that's, I suppose, that's my earliest memory of it. And from there then, it just, you know, just became a part of my life from, from there on. Um, obviously it was kind of married with Cray Street as well going to Cray Street both yeah. you know the Bunskull and, and secondary school so um, you know, Nemo has always been I suppose a huge part of, of my life um, since I'm 59 now since I started playing at 7 or 8 so long time but uh, very enjoyable I must say yeah and like growing up who, what kind of teams would you have been on who, who like the players that would have been on your teams growing up oh Liam Toomey was 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 one John Mine and and Don Murphy, um and to be honest I can't remember that we were getting hammered every week anyway, <laughs> <laughs> or most weeks, um I don't think we won mo- I don't think we we won anything until, well when we got to sixteen you were playing a grade above you know oh, yeah. some of us were playing grades above so, um I think the first thing I won with Nemo was a minor league as far as I can remember and um, so. But they were a great bunch. It wasn't the fact of winning and losing, as I said. Like we had Colin Murphy and Dina Driscoll and you know the some of the lads who were playing senior football at the time were were looking after us and um, we brought Colin's heart. I'd say myself and Liam and John, we were good buddies, the three of us. But um, but as I said, it was enjoyable. But it was never about the winning. I think that's the secret of of a lot of Nemo success later on. You know, it was just that friendship and camaraderie. And I remember one time in um, in the three fields, all our shoes were robbed. There was a kind of a shed there, and we put the shoes into the shed. And Jesus, we came when we were playing a game in one of the fields. And we came back, all the shoes were gone. Not all of them, but a lot of them were gone anyway. So we had to get crossbars home and stuff. But, but they were great times. We had, we you know, they were simple times, really, I suppose. But um, no mobile phones and 
Um, very no internet and you know, RT one and two. If you had a good enough telly, you wouldn't have to give a bang to. Um, so, all in all, uh, you know, I suppose my memory of early memory of things isn't great. Um, but it's just a sense of belonging. I suppose that Nemo gave me was was you know I played a lot of soccer as well over the years mm. and, and stuff. But you don't get the atmosphere anywhere else. At least I didn't anyway. That you get in Nemo. And like uh, on the playing side of things, you you were involved with some unbelievable teams with Nemo, like great success in in Cork and in the All yeah. Islands. Like what was what was it that made those groups so successful? Oh, that's hard one. I don't know. I suppose we trained harder than anybody else, probably, and there was humility in the group. Like the managers I played under, or well, they were managers. Then I suppose there were selectors and coaches. Would Billy would have been there for on and off for a long time. Um, Dini then later on actually. I, I was over it for about six or seven months. I did bad back and uh, didn't you? I was kind of half thinking of stopping. I was, must have been 34 or 35 that stage. Didn't you ask me to come back? And we came, I did, and we won another All Ireland after that. But um, we trained hard and we were good, I suppose, in the sense that we had a lot of very good players. Like when you look through the team, you know, uh, I'd say myself and Dinny played together, and Mickey Dargan was, and Charlie Murphy was kind of in and out of that for maybe 15 years. Um, Jimmy Kerrigan and you know you had Timmy Dalton and you know there's a whole range of fellas. Michael Lynch was playing, um, you know, and in the earlier days Frank Hogan, yeah, would have been playing. Billy himself would have been playing. Um, so there was lots of experience, but I suppose it was, it was easier for us coming in, um, in that the breakthrough had been made in '73, and uh, I think I started playing senior around 1980. I think they were beating by Castlehaven previous year and I came in then it was just after mine or probably yeah I did my leave in certain 79 I think and mm. um, we won the county in 81 and l- like we did tend to win the All-Irelands after we won the county um, yeah. you know we were you know we were uh, was that I, you know it's it's probably more difficult to win them now and that you have more matches to play um, and that but we were I suppose we had a lot of tough matches ourselves but um but again, they were very enjoyable times. And again, it wasn't so much to win. Like when you win your first county, it's great and, and all of that and win the first All-Ireland. But after that, it was that comradeship and the training and the, you know, the fellas getting on together. And we had plenty of arguments and fights and things. But, you know, it was just uh, trying to get the best out of ourselves. And I mean, when you look at the facilities in Emo now, you know, we trained in the patch above and you mightn't remember that. Now, would you remember yeah, Ewood, I suppose, patch, yeah, yeah. up in the front of Nemo? And <laughs> I also remember when I... Jim Kremen, God rest him, and he's such a last. You know, yeah. it's very hard to believe that that he's gone. But Jim was doing a lot of the training with Billy, and there was bingo on in the club at the time. And um, it was just winters night. We were training for for a Ireland club, probably semi final. Never. We stripped Jim off anyway, and left him off. And <laughs> the women were coming in from from everywhere, and there he was running around the green trying to trying to hide himself. But you know, things like that you remember. But like Jim, you know, there's. You know, there's not a whole lot. I guess, like Jim was so good to me when I was young. Like I didn't drink. I was quieter when I was young. And you know, I remember. I think we won the first county. I went away to the pictures myself while the lads were were, were gone drinking. Actually, I came up. We uh, it was a cock match. We play, played a cock match in Hazor the eighty three. I came on the eighty three match cock against Kerry the Tiger Murphy goal one and the boys went down to piss Hazor and the, the lads and Nima the Keller Shield match. So I came up and played a bit of the Keller Shield match. Anyway, while the boys went down to piss. But um, would, be, would be like Hazard, would it? No, um, no he wasn't Not the only answer. one. But they couldn't feel the team anyway, so I had to fall in. But but stuff like that was very funny. And I suppose I was always 
I was always sober and, you know, I knew what was going on and, you know, I was able to bring fellas here, there and everywhere. But it just the laugh we had and, uh, and like, it was never, you know, it's hard to say, you know, it's hard to believe me, but it was never about the winning, really. It was just that, that it, it kept us all sane. Mm. And as I say, Jim was such a mentor to me and, you know, I can't speak highly enough of, of what he done for me and, and for my family as well in terms of the kids at home, giving them grinds yeah. and doing things for people that nobody knew about, so... Um, and keeping us all and telling us stories that were, you know, we were, you know, we just swallowed a brick for him to be honest about it. You know, he had he had a different story every week, so um, a monumental loss. And I was just coming in, coming into into the into the complex here. Well, I go on. Let me just Jerk Hoyle came into my head. You oh, know, yeah. he's nearly two years dead. No, it's hard to credit another brilliant Nemo man. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. we've lost so many over the last couple of years. It's kind of. You know, life moves on and all that, but it's still very, very difficult to, you know, to fathom that a lot of these characters are, are, are have passed on. And there's lots more, obviously, that we, we, we want to talk about, but still and all, it's... Um, and again, that, I suppose, the fact that you'd miss him so much is testament to what the club means to everybody. Absolutely, yeah. You know? Yeah. And so it's back to the, kind of the playing side of things. You're, I just have some, some of your stats here. Uh, Michael Morgan puts them together for us, so... Your senior <laughs> career spanned 17 years. You you were Jeez. right earlier when you said you made your debut in 1970. Yeah. Do you remember who was against? 1980, I'd say. Oh, sorry, 1980, sorry. Having a clue, no. Uh, against Bishopstone. Was that? Yeah, you got two points that day. Oh, yeah. uh, your last game? Uh, senior or what? Was it, senior, yeah. Was it against UCC or some crowd? No. No. Um, it was in the second round of the Senior Football Championship. Well, we were 19, beaten, obviously, were we? 1996. No. Mallow. Mallow. Yeah, so just... Did they beat us? They probably didn't, did they? I, I, I presume not. You I don't know. You mustn't have played the next day. Maybe not. Uh, but anyway, right. 71 games you played. Yeah. Uh, you won 58 of those. Um, 14 finals appearances, winning 13 of them. Uh, five senior football titles, five Munsters, and four All-Irelands. Scoring a total of... 20 goals 159 points so you're averaging 31 points a game 3.1 points a game I presume sorry yeah. 31, <laughs> 31 yeah <laughs> 31 to be strong thank god I didn't say that thank god I didn't say that 31 even Bellies wasn't scoring we let that out I'd say <laughs> Um, yeah, sorry, yeah. Well, points I suppose again. championships are different. Not like nowadays, there's you know, there's um, in our day, you were knocked out, you were in, you were out, you know. Yeah. So, we probably had a lot less matches to play than you know, if you were to win a county, it probably took five or six matches, but if you were beaten, that was the end of it. So, we didn't have um, we didn't have those you know, the extra games. Not as far and against that, but I think everybody deserves two chances, I suppose, really. Would you say back in those, day, back in those days, that was the golden era? For Nemo. For Nemo, yeah. Or, like, obviously we've yeah. had success recently enough and between those... Well, if you're judging on all our Ireland clubs, yeah. I suppose you probably would. Yeah. You'd, say, you'd say that. But, like, I don't think there's any... Go- I think anybody involved with Nemo, um, from start to finish, there's a golden era about it in the sense that, like, a lot of my buddies, now Leonard Buckley and these lads would, wouldn't have played senior, but they're, you know, they're yeah. every bit as part of the fabric of the yeah. club. And if we, you know, if we win a junior championship... It's as, it means as much to a lot of us as it does to win a senior championship, mm. you know. And likewise with the hurling, if you know, we're one of the few clubs left in the in the in the country. I think that they'll try to do both. But it's great to see the particularly the the, the younger guys who have who have kind of semi retired, um, getting back involved because that's the only way I think you know. And that's been the history of Nemo. You're not bringing in outsiders and not play, paying people to train teams, 
like it should always be an honour to be involved with this club, regardless of what you're doing there. So, Fair so all, the club is all about putting it back in, really. Like, it, it is. Yeah, it is. We've got so much all of it, and not just medals. Like, and to be honest about it, lads, I don't know where half my medals are. I are careless. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really matter. But even when um, you were talking there about... I gave one to... I actually... I buried one with Ger, actually one of the All-Ireland Club medals. Um, I gave it to him a long time before that. But oh, yeah. Mary was giving it back to him and he said, no, that'll, that'll go. But even when you were talking that'll about Jim there, you could see the, the smile coming across your face. So, oh, yeah. You know, was, all the I good just memories. Loved Jim. Yeah. Not, not on the pitch, yeah. obviously, outside of it. And, yeah. You know, away from the pitch. And I mean, I could talk about... We could do a podcast in Jim for... We was going to quizzes. Um, there was a quiz to Mickey Dargan, Billy, Billy Morgan. Um, I can't remember. Uh, Slocum, Mick Slocum. And we'd follow him around the place and we'd be trying to prompt them. We'd get into trouble and, you know, it was, it was just hilarious stuff. Mick O'Brien, another great character. Like you could go through and Pancho, yeah, like the list goes oh, yeah, on yeah. and on and on. Derry Keneally. Yeah. You know, like, you, and you're leaving out loads there loads. too. Oh, yeah. You know. But. Um, I suppose the transition to the coaching side of things then, was it always something that you wanted to do after playing? And I suppose, how did, how did it really come out? Like, obviously, well, you're a teacher by profession, so... Yeah. Well, um, I, I suppose, yeah, like, when you're playing for so long, as I, and I play junior, I've, I've had two knee replacements, and I'd probably be still trying to play, to be honest, if I could, I'd be doing something anyway. If, um, you played a bit of junior with us. I did, I did, and I played junior B, and um, and they're great, we're great crap, but it was, you know, but um, the coaching side of it, I suppose I was very friendly with Billy, and we, like, when Billy... Um, I can't remember the sequence of it, no, but anyway, when, when I packed up, Billy asked me to get involved with him, and I did, and, you know, it was there, I suppose Billy, but he'd been there seven or eight years of that, I was with Billy, so I mean, it could be short, and I'm not sure, and then Billy was offered a cock job, um, so when he took that, I took over Nemo then, and I think it was six years with the senior team, no, I had done under 21 before that, and I, or minor, 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 minor. yeah, we lost the county final, we did, and that was, that was the team, not I wasn't brimful of talent, but it was very committed, and um, so I suppose that was the thing, and I was involved a little bit in the school, involved with Creastry and that, so, um, it was always on the radar, really, it was, because football was my life, and I don't do anything else, really, you know, Barefall United, which is now, it's a torture now at this stage, (laughs) but, uh, well, it's not really, but it's, um, you know, I don't have any un- other interests outside of, of football and sport in general, I suppose. But generally, you know, I felt, you know, that, that you can't be playing. But at the end of the day, if you can give back something um, and try and be the best that you can be at, at the management side of it, then, you know, and does, it's very does, fulfilling. Does it get close to the fit, same feeling, so like winning an All-Ireland as a manager, and as a player, is it? Oh, no. No, well, it, it's a completely different dynamic because, like, when you're a player yourself, is you're looking after yourself essentially, and you're looking to see how can I get the best out of myself, um, physically and mentally, etc. Where when you're a manager, you're trying to look after the individuals. Like, as a, my role now as manager, like I have two coaches in with me with Paddy O'Shea from Vincent's with the ladies now I'm talking about, and um, Connor Quinlan, who's involved with the ladies. They're two very very good coaches. Connor Paddy's the overall coach. We say, and Connor does a lot of work with the defenders and that, and. I oversee it then, but it's like the job is too big now. And I would think at at club level, that's certainly at this the more serious side of it. You need people involved, and I think good management is involving people who know what they're doing. That you can appoint people who will give you a hand, who who know what they're doing, and that you trust them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so like a lot of my role now would be dealing with girls' stuff that we, it may not be football related at all, or it could be you know. Um, like there are certain people that you can say right give out or give them a little bit of a boost but there's other people then you have to put the hand around and, and cajole them so it's just trying to and I suppose you get that with experience 
you know, when you come into, when I certainly, when I came into management first, I made loads of mistakes trying to, you know, you, you want everything perfect and you, you end up in a kind of a stage where you feel like, Jesus, you never made a mistake yourself, you know, but that, that kind of goes after a while and that's more exuberance trying to do well and trying to, trying to be, you know, do the best that you can be and win matches and that, but no, it's for me, management, certainly at the inter-county level, um, like our girls would train minimum five days a week, two gym sessions and three times for us, so, it's just providing everything necessary for them to make sure that um, I have a good logistical manager as well who looks after a lot of that side of it. But just talking to them individually and making sure that everything's going well from because, you know, if you're not happy off the pitch, then, you know, you're not going to be able to perform properly on it. So there's lots of lots of work. My role has certainly changed as, as I've got older and I've got more experience as a manager. Um, but I would say that you're trying to marry everything in terms of, of teamwork and that, but you, you do need to work with the individuals as well if you're going to get the best out of them. Mm. You know, that's very important. So, yeah, so like we, in your manager managerial career, you mentioned you were over the Nemo Seniors for six years. We happened to win four counties in that period. Um, lost in an All-Ireland final to St. Vincent's. Um, do you feel that, I suppose, you went in, then you did a bit with Cree Shree, Cork Miners, did a bit of inter-county with Limerick and Clare, senior teams. How did the transition to ladies come about then? Obviously, Eamon Ryan was at after finishing yeah. up with that. Very just, they just asked me, essentially. And right. I was... Um, I, don't, I don't know, was I after any replacement at that stage? I'm not sure. And um, I hadn't, genuinely hadn't a clue. I remember going to the first league match, ladies league match, and I... You know, these were kind of household names in the ladies game. That, no, I would have watched the All-Ireland Finals on the telly, yeah. but I was getting their names mixed up. I hadn't a clue who, who half of them were. But, um, and you know I suppose from there and it just grew from there then and um, I suppose it's got going from the men obviously going from the men's to the women's like might be easier going from women's to men's well well I, I had never any experience of the women's game so um, I suppose what we try to do like the game has even in the four years that I've been there now has moved on so much in terms of the professionalism um, and like Top teams like Dublin have, have have pushed out the boat in terms of you know their strength and conditioning and um, the physicality. They're you know they're second to none in terms of their you know their application. So we have to try and match that. Like I'm not a great believer in Usher Dublin are doing five in a row or whatever, six in a row. We have to chop them in two or chop them in four. I just don't go with that. I mean, if you look at the hurling championship, the intercounty hurling championship for a hundred years, Cork Tip and and Kilkenny were winning it all the time. Mm. You know, so they have 90-odd titles, I think, between them. So it's not, it, I think that's a bit simplistic. So, now I will say that there's certainly more funding needs to go into the to the teams, uh, you know, particularly in Leinster, outside of outside of the capital. I think Dublin should be nearly self-sufficient now with, with money, with the sponsorship and stuff to have. So that would release more money maybe for coaching in the other counties. But certainly, I think, Kerry have 36 titles and there's only 100-odd thousand people in the, in the county. So it's not just all down to people and it's not all down to money. There's organisation and there's um, you know there's commitment and there's there's lots of other things but generally I think um, from the ladies' point of view I think the professionalism of of what we do with the girls has probably outgrown the association and that leads to leads to things like happened last week in terms of the you know having to change venues at the last minute and that kind of stuff yeah. so you see, the ladies are not, it's not that there's not good people working in the LGFA there is but they don't have obviously. They don't have pitches, so they'll be holding to the GA 
you know, to get to get pitches and to, you know, for pitches to be available. There's not crowds at the matches, so you're not going to raise funding that way. Yeah. The sponsorship is way less. So for me, an amalgamation of both is, is the only way forward. It's like it seems from the outside that like the LGFA and the Camogie Association are constantly kind of at loggerheads and don't seem to kind of... Yeah, well, they, well, they say they don't, but obviously we're looking at the fixtures and when you look at every year, you got, oh, you're looking to change. It, predominantly, it's also, like this, typically I think might have a couple of dual players, but... Um, but that shouldn't be happening. I think everybody should be under the GM, GM umbrella. I mean, if you look at if you look at how society has moved on here, we're very cosmopolitan now. You know, we have people from every country in the world living here. Um, like the homophobia generally is gone. You know, people are more accepting. You know, there's uh, lots of work being done in terms of race, anti-racism. And then I think people in Ireland, and I know when we were in Ireland for hundreds of years and we didn't have foreigners coming in here but now I think we're a far more accepting society so I just think it's a, it's, it's a mood shift whether supporting or, or what I, I don't know but I do think it probably needs political will to move it forward in terms of the three associations I mean the one thing the GA are very good at well there's a few things number one they have massive resources in terms of pitches and, and um, but they also have a fantastic amount of experience in terms of organisation and um, and stuff, and they also have big sponsorships. So the natural progression for me would be to to move both associations completely under the umbrella of the the GA, and then you could play the ladies' matches, be it camogie or football, um, as curtain raises to the men's games. Well, mm-hmm. you can't call them curtain raises, I suppose, but you know they they could play them before them because they've got great quality games. I mean, we have some of the most skillful girls, you know. Athletes, not calling them girls, you know, out there, you know, when you look at some of the girls, you know, Kira Sullivan, Orla Finn, these girls, they would just frighten you with the skills levels that they have, you know, so, I mean, I've been beating this drum for a few years and it had nothing to do with last Sunday and that, but like the girls, girls in general tend to be very accepting, you know, would that happen in the men's game? Not in a million years, we get, I get a phone call, I have to live in, uh, will you go to Crow Park, lads, the, the other place isn't available, Parnell Park. You know, that shouldn't be happening in our learning semi-final. But hopefully it'll be a bit of a watershed um, and that, you know, things can improve. But I, I don't see how financially... I mean, even you did, with regard to expenses and that for the girls, I mean, they get nothing and that some of them are travelling hundreds of miles a night, you know, to come to training. So that's not sustainable, really, mm. you know. So it's something that I'll be pushing, certainly, anyway, over the next, over the next for as long as I'm there. I suppose, and you touched on last week's game and obviously the All-Ireland final is coming up. How are preparations going for the, the final? Very good, but uh, like I've been, you know, my attitude to this thing is that it shouldn't have taken place from day one and because of COVID, you know, we all have people at home that we have to look after, like, you know, my parents are elderly now, you know, and lots of the girls have grandparents living with them and, and, that, and they're travelling huge distances in the middle of winter. Now we've been lucky with the weather and that we haven't had much frost or, or stuff, but like we have two girls coming from Castle Down Bear to live you know, within a couple of miles of one another, and yet they're travelling individually to training sessions. You know, that's, you know, they're, they're things that, you know, nobody sees what's going on behind the scenes. It's grand to turn up on a Sunday and play a game, but, um, you know, we had to stay in the hotel, obviously, the Saturday night, and, you know, it's 50 individual rooms, which is very expensive, but also girls, once they had their dinner, up to your room, and that's the end of it for the night. So, you know, they make huge sacrifices, but um, with regard to preparation, it's gone very well. You know, obviously Dublin have been the kingpins now for three or four years, and but like we have, we've got a good squad together. I think we're stronger this year than we've been in a long time, and you know the girls are in a good place, so we're looking forward to the challenge. And it's, that's what it is again, similar to the men's, just because they have won three or four in a row, or whatever it is, doesn't mean that they can't be beaten. So like we we'll be giving her everything. Um, 
next week but we know they'll be strong favourites but at the same time it's as far as we're concerned it's 50-50 and we really go for it um, and I suppose when you first made the, the change over from the men's game to the women's game what were the biggest contrasts or biggest challenges well, maybe Brian it'd be interesting this one now you can't go into the dressing room <laughs> we actually we actually had um, our first league match was below in somewhere in Kerry Knocknagoshel or somewhere so it was really you know wet wild windy day and of course we forgot and into the dressing room we went which is the screaming run so we ran out as quick as we went in but um, that kind of I suppose that dressing room camaraderie isn't there for us oh, you yeah. know um, th- that's a huge thing because obviously you you have to give the girls a privacy in that. So there is that. And we, you know, um, other than that, like they train diligently. They're fantastic to train. I mean, they're very, very fit. You know, we like, they're, they have GPSs on them every night. And like, they're f- it's frightening the amount of workload they get through and that. So, but for for us, it's just, that's really the big thing is the dressing room thing. You know, you have your five minutes. No, we have a liaison. Obviously, we have a ladies liaison officer who, you know, is the, the kind of conju between us and them. So, you know, she tells us when we can win and when we can't and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, But training is great crack of training and that, and, you know, and the girls really enjoy it. And I think, you know, uh, we had James involved as well mm. for, for a few years. But, um, he's busy at the moment, oh, rare and baby. Yeah, so. Sensible, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so all in all, though, it's it's um, it's just what... They, they, it's very enjoyable, but they, they, it just annoys me that they're treated, you know, I, I don't know what you call it, even respect. They're just... It's sure they're girls, they'll be grand, you know, we put them to that pitch there, they'll that'll be grand, you know. That that bugs the hell out of me because of because of the time and effort and the professionalism of the girls themselves. But but like on the, on the I don't know, whether it's the tactical side of things, or is there any major differences? Yeah, well I suppose from a tactical point of view, girls can be very literal. So if you tell them, listen, you go out there, no, she goes out there, you go so they'll go, you know, they'll go out there and that like a lot of them would have that natural ability to pick up and things and they'd see danger. But, you know, some girls you'd have to teach maybe that little bit more than, mm. than with fellas. Uh, likewise, shooting and stuff like that um, comes natural to a lot. But I suppose no more than, than in the men's game. Um, I mean, Nick wasn't the best shooter in the world either, to be honest about it. Um, but um, I think the coaching, you know, at club level for ladies up to the last few years wasn't great either. You know, okay, that, yeah. it's hard to get people involved maybe. And, and maybe the coaches weren't weren't trained themselves or didn't have any level of skills in terms yeah. of what they should be doing with the with the girls. Um so but that's improving. Um I think another thing that can improve massively is the amount of, of um clubs in the city. Yeah like Searsha is Searsha Noonan, who's one of our own obviously is yeah. um is the only city girl we have on the team. Oh, really? Yeah. So um you'd hope that there'd be a lot of development there of the no Nemo have been very progressive to be fair in both Camogie and football. So Hopefully, over the next few years, it, I suppose Camogie probably traditionally no more than the the than the the hurling in the men's has been the kind of game in the city, you know, for a long time. And I think the LGFA is only in, it's only was only founded in nineteen seventy four. I think so. Um, but you'd hope to develop that because with a county this or sorry with a city the size of Cork, you'd imagine there's a lot of talent there that that's untapped. So that's something that uh, certainly it's improving, but it's it's a slow process. And going forward, yourself. Is there intentions to get back into the men's side of things? Or are you gonna? Mm, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose they probably. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I like. I try and take it year by year, and um, probably come back and do something in Emo. Yeah, it would be a nice way to finish up. Um, um, going forward, we'll see how that goes. But um, 
it's just we have another year with this minimum anyway so we'll we'll see where that goes i'd like to you know develop these girls as much as i can and and we'll take it from there then but i also you know i'm passionate now about about trying to improve conditions and stuff for them so and we'll see where that goes but yeah i mean if i'm going to do anything it'll be back in certainly be back in nemo oh, yeah. you touched on sir Newland there um obviously cork have had great ladies footballers in the past you've had the jewel stars in breach cockery rena buckley and a few more um obviously sirsha is playing the soccer as well she's a cup final this weekend how are you balancing both or is it just the case she's going from well, no, week she, to week she, no she doesn't she trains with us all the time right. um, she does a bit with them um, she Saoirse's you know she's worked so hard she had a cruciate problem and started, kept her out for about six months but during that time she worked hard on her fitness and she's I've never seen her fitter um, it's a great form and you know I was able to get through games with ease um, so um, that hasn't really been a problem and Saoirse's you know, it's a dream to work with, really, to be honest about it. She's very easy going, and the girls understand as well. And they were all delighted when she was called up, you know, she, into the, the extended Ireland squad. Mm. Everybody was delighted, so that hasn't been an issue. It's, you know, it's like likewise with the Camogie, you know, we just, no, we, we wouldn't have flagged them to death. So if, if the, like, there's an important game this week, no, maybe a Friday, she could take the Friday off, and, and that's okay. all. Mm. And we're sensible about things like that. But generally, uh, Sierra should just turns up for every session in fact the girls you, you know the one thing girls probably do more so than fellas they try to hide injuries and that they'll, they'll try and play away and not hide them for the sake of of being dishonest but they'll just maybe overly honest in terms of trying to while playing grand you know even if they're not able so that there's that is certainly something i've seen uh with the girls they, they just don't want to let the panel down or let the other girls down do you think i suppose like you i mentioned breach cork arena buckley obviously they were two stars mm-hmm do you think, like the men's game, you don't see any jewel stars out there anymore both doing hurling football? Do you think there's room for in the ladies' game or is it... Well, there is if there's good will there. The it, it's, it's probably a different season. Like, it, it is... If there's good will on both, on both sides, it's possible. Mm. Um, but what you'll find in the, in the men's game, particularly with managers, is they'll say, oh, God, you can't do that. You have to make a choice. And then it, it ends up... It's messy. I'd never do that. I'm delighted to see the girls playing both. Um, but that, you know, depends on the relationship you have with the hurling manager as well. And to be fair to Paddy Murray, well, it was that we never, there was never any issues over that. It was like if they were playing, say, next Sunday and we weren't playing for two weeks, then we'd give them that week. And likewise, if it was the same for us. So I, I think, sometimes I think, you know, that with, in the men's game, it's, it, 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 it's an amateur game at the end of the day and you have to, you play it because you enjoy it. And sometimes I think it's a bit OTT, demanding all these from the players. Like, I know there's a lot of inter-county teams from what I can gather back training now at the moment already. And, you know, people making demands on on players and that. I just think it can be a small bit over the top, you know. Um, you know, players play first of all because they... And, and generally players will, particularly inter-county players, will look after themselves. You know, you don't have to, to worry. You'll get the odd instance over the years, and we've had the odd instance where somebody might go be and have a few drinks when they shouldn't have or if they agree to like I would never be someone who would say you can't drink and um, they're adults they know themselves so that would be a group thing and we would have you know we'd have a group of girls nominated um there'd be four of them who would be looking after the team say if they had any problems they'd come to me some a couple, a couple of senior girls a couple of younger girls if there was anything going on either you know, with management or amongst themselves that would be trashed over or if we had a problem with one of the girls, they deal with it rather than us dealing with it. So I think the power is always in the group and you have to be careful as a teacher as well that you're not lecturing, you know. So I treat them all as adults and, you know, if we, we might sit down and say, 
Um, okay, look, we're playing championship in four weeks' time. Is it okay? What do you think about drink? And they will come back and say, no drink for four weeks. That'll be it then. So if someone steps out of the line, then they'll deal with that themselves. You know, so I, I, it, I think that works better than say, oh, well, you know, you're you're not going to be on the panel. It's managing again, yeah, yeah. Will you drink? No, you're not on the panel. You can put yourself to a situation then where you can't get, you can't back out of it. And yeah, with yeah. the best will in the world, you want everybody playing. No, obviously you don't want somebody taking the piss out of you, like they're drinking tonight, or sorry, and doing it again next week, you know. But generally you won't find that with, you know, these these, these people are very committed. And you, it, as well as that, you'll find a lot of the girls, a lot of our girls are very successful off the field as well as on it, you know. So, they, you know, there's a lot of, you know, we have a lot of people with high-ranking jobs and things. So, you know, you can do both. Um, it's just getting your life in order. But you have to be able to, you know, you have to make the commitment to make the sacrifices that when your buddies are going out, you're not going with them. You're eating properly. You're getting enough sleep. It's what goes on off the field really is more important than what we do on it because we'd only have them for maybe five hours a week. So it's what you're doing for the rest of the time is, is, is the most important thing. And I think that would be, I'm sure, Nemo. You know, I've been involved here for a while now, but I'm sure that's the same principle that you get with, mm-hmm. with most of the lads. And I suppose, look, on a club note, I suppose, the ladies here have made great strides in the last three or four years. They've won three counties years on the bounce they haven't been beaten I suppose that's very good as you're the top man at, at inter-county level with the ladies with Cork ladies it's great to see your own club doing well and making great strides yeah and Paddy there and the lads they do a great job and I've actually been at quite a few of their coaching sessions there because they'll be involved training training away with them there and um, the training is very good I have to say you know they split her up and they, they split up the coaching I think Billy Mull I, I'm not sure who the manager is is it Billy Mull here or who Noel um, is there, Noel Paddy, is there, Paddy. Um, um, Noel, Tumi, yeah. yeah, they do a great job with the girls and they're very good to the girls as well, you know, but Neymar certainly are making strides and as I said, there's a lot of work going in there, so long may that continue. Yeah, so, uh, Eve, yeah. Uh, we wish you the best luck next week. Thank yeah, you very much, lads. Thanks, thanks, thanks for having me, thanks for no problem. Yeah. And um, we'll uh, chat again, we'll get you in another time, yeah. hopefully with, as, uh, with, the cop. with the cop. Yeah, yeah that'd be nice, that'd be nice. Thank you. Well, Kieran, that's our show. Yeah, job done. Uh, massive thanks to the two lads for coming in to speak to us. Yeah, uh, great insight into both their careers, both on and off the field. Um, I'd like to thank Owen Weldon, who produced this evening's show. And uh, we want to wish a happy Christmas and a happy New Year to all NEMA members at home and abroad. Stay safe. Bon Nui. Bon Nui, mate. Bon Nui.